Hey guys, this is Allie. I just wanted to do a quick shout out to our sexiest listeners. And those people are Jessica Fox, Melissa Elliott, and James Dozier. Possibly Dozier. We're not sure. What makes them so sexy? They contribute to our Patreon at a level that gets them on-air shout outs. And that could be you too. Just visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Thanks so much. You're listening to Two Girls, One Podcast, produced by The Daily Dot. But what's the point? Everything in this episode already exists in an online database before it was recorded. And if you think I'm just joking, get ready for some real existential panic, pal. You'll see. And now here are your painfully insignificant hosts, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. So if you've been following along for a while, you know that Allie and I are performers who have performed internet material on stage for a lot of years using the internet as our script. That led us to doing a couple different projects. One of them was a web series, Two Girls, One Show, where we interviewed people behind internet posts that we found interesting in different communities. That also led us on some scripted adventures, but then led to this here podcast where we do interviews of people that we find interesting on the internet. So welcome, everyone. Allie, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I am good. I am excited about today's show. I'm also confused and fascinated and a a little terrified. I'm mostly confused. I did do (laughs) a little research. Why don't you tell our listeners who we're interviewing today? Okay, dear listeners, we are talking... Mostly because I don't understand and I want to put it on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see if I can do this. So basically, we're talking to the developer of a site called Library of Babel. And it's basically an algorithm that generates every possible combination of letters in the English language in a addition to uh, some syntax, we have commas, periods, and essentially you can you can browse, you can search, you can just look at random, but any possible combination is exists in this library. So anything that's ever been said, anything that could be said, all is there. Does that help and explain it, Allie? What do you think? What? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make so sense? So I checked it out and it's like, it's like I don't know, 90% gibberish. Like you sign on and it's like J-K-L-M-N-Q-A-B-C. Yes. But then there are words and people have found full phrases. People have found passages of Shakespeare on there. Like it's generating every combination possible. So at some point you find those things. And I decided to look up Two Girls, One Podcast. Oh, I was about to say, could we put a transcript of this show in and maybe find it? But what what did you do? Oh, you just you just looked oh, up the title. Yeah. I see. So okay. I, good point. Like, does the show already exist in this database? Yes, or it will eventually. Yes, yeah, so it, it already does. Everything we are saying right now, up to, I believe, 3,200 characters is already there. Do you think it's funnier than we're being right now? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's the same Pro- thing we're saying. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is like, maybe we could find some better material on this. Maybe. True. Maybe. It's true. New, some new segments. We should see if one of, some of the Craigslist posts are there, actually. <laughs> yes. I bet they but are. I mean, the they meantime, have to be. I looked up Two Girls, One Podcast, and I okay. wanted to read you guys some things. So I decided to see how Two Girls, One Podcast was used and described. And it hmm. says... Broncoscope Two Girls One Podcast. At a different point in the database, I found Reentry Two Girls One Podcast. Heterotactus. <laughs> what? I thought I'd add at the, that that was at the end. My favorite was Coprophiliacs Two Girls One Podcast. At which point, I needed to look up what is a coprophiliac. Are you guys you excited? Tell. Yes, extremely. (laughs) It is someone with a marked interest in excrement, especially the use of feces or filth for sexual excitement. (laughs) Well, that about sums it up. (laughs) So we are sourcing future episodes. It was fitting. (laughs) We are full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I also looked up Matt. You guys want to hear about Matt? Oh, please. Whale-like aerosolizes Matt Silverman, dozing a musette Bestina doing Matt Silverman, and my favorite... Lucifer asses, Matt Silverman. 
<laughs> we we knew it's it. We Lucifer A S E S. Matt Silverman, you all heard it here. Matt Silverman is the devil. Wow, cool. Jen, <laughs> yeah. do you want to hear yours? Yes, please. Of course. These are like bad horoscopes <laughs> uh-huh. or fortune cookies. <laughs> Mugwort Jen Jamula, which sounded almost like a Harry Potter thing, so I got excited. Yeah. Overrating two stroke Jen Jamula. <laughs> oh, I've <laughs> heard that one like before. It sounds like a weird like, Shakespearean golf insult. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then my favorite. Smart Arse Sepulchre Lighters Jen Jamula. What? I also looked up Harry Potter Dumbledore as one phrase, and I got certainest Harry Potter Dumbledore. <laughs> but Allie, did you look up yourself? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. The first one was Mournfully Allison, which I thought was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, Schizophrenetic. Schizophrenetic? It was like it's, it's separate words. Schizophrenetic Allison, which I thought was appropriate. Also, Immobilizer Allison, which might be my favorite. That's like my superpower. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is definitely Coprophiliacs, Two Girls, One Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So what does it all mean, guys? Well, I should should clarify something here because... I don't want listeners to get the impression from what Ali is saying is that there are instances of words and it's sort of like a list of instances and those are the ones you get. There are essentially, it's not, I guess it's not infinite, but every single combination of letters and numbers and punctuation up to 3,200 characters means that it's not just coprophiliac, two girls, one podcast. It's everything ever written or said and anything that ever will be written or said, including the sentence I'm saying right now, and including every combination of words in or around Two Girls, One Podcast ever is possible. So, Ali, you're only referencing a small handful of the possibilities of which are essentially sort of infinitely, technically not. I only had so much time. I want you to go deeper. You want me to do infinite possibilities? (laughs) I did like three or four and I was out. This is where we become the monkeys at the keyboard. Weren't you telling us about that, Matt? The monkey. It wasn't there like a classic thing where monkeys could generate. If they would do it infinitely, they would generate pretty much what this algorithm is. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. I don't remember where it's from, but it's it's old, and it's like if you had infinite monkeys banging away at infinite typewriters, eventually, mathematically, at some point, you would generate Hamlet, and that's essentially what this is. But it's digital. It's an algorithm that says there's this many combinations. Eventually, when you do enough math, you will generate everything that. Is is ever said and written. And so type any sentence into your email that you just thought of and then plug it into this essentially like a search engine and it will it is already there but what's interesting and we'll talk to our guests is that it's there but it's also kind of not there cuz it like this data is not being stored like it's not on a disk, it's not sitting there waiting for us. It is generated on the fly based on the algorithm, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. So like the world's a no man's sky from a previous episode. Go listen back, sure. folks. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little terrifying. Also, I'm looking at a piece right now and it says PPDHTLM, TQJ, Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, <laughs> where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. Caladium kilogram, hegemone formaldehyde, ineffectively bottlings, eccenters, dot LF, dot IGG, DPVWYSB. Yeah, now what's you're so getting at the heart of it. What's so weird is that it's like mostly just complete gibberish pairings of letters, but what's crazy to me is then there's not just suddenly a word, there's suddenly like a whole verse. Right, right. If you go on Reddit, people are posting things that they have found. And someone posted this thing that's like definitely a movie monologue. I don't know if it exists. The craziest part is I don't know if it's currently in a movie, but it reads like a movie monologue and it it just reads like a script. It's nuts. Right. To me, this is like if every sentence, let's say, to, to simplify it, if every sentence sort of already exists via math in the universe, then are we are we as people, as conscious beings, are we creating those thoughts or are we merely like accessing them from the infinite universe at a moment in time? You know, Michelangelo famously said, I don't create sculptures. I just free the uh, the sculptures from the block of marble. They're already inside. I just carve away the, the gibberish and then the sculptures are, are released. Yeah, and I that think also that reminds is... me of when my friend did acid and said the buildings were talking to each other and he now <laughs> believes the buildings are always talking to each other. It's just the acid that allowed him to see it. I don't know. We definitely need to talk to our guests about this today, but it seems like perhaps the thoughts don't have meaning until they can be accessed. In a way, we are creating it 
but we're also accessing right. it. Yes, so. I, I think you're right on. I <laughs> yeah. agree with that. Life is meaningless. Let's do trivia. Boom. <laughs> Guys, I do not have trivia for you today. Wait. What? What? No TJ's gift card possible. Do you have something else? Damn it. I do have something else. <laughs> okay. It's a little segment I like to call Let's Listen to Voicemails. Oh, I love this segment. Oh, okay. I, I do too. Who's ready for the first voicemail? I am. Here's a taste of what's coming up on Inside oh, Trader on. Joe's. <laughs> Why do you shop at Trader Joe's? Nope. Because you have the most variety. I actually remember you guys when you guys just had like nuts and cheeses. We actually sold. <laughs> no. It's too early no. in the day to be <laughs> jojized. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry we jojized you listeners. Do you have <laughs> a voicemail for it. us? Yes, I do. Here's the real one. Ready? It's gonna be okay. Trader Joe's, isn't it? Here's a taste of what's coming up on Inside Trader Joe's. Matthew! I got... Hey, kids. Thanks for having this voicemail. Uh, My name is Lewis, and I am right now walking down the street in a small, tiny town in southern Serbia called Branje, because I'm traveling here. There's like two feet of snow on either side. And uh, I was listening to your show, and I decided I should finally call these girls. Um, uh... I travel a lot. I move around a lot. I have listened to your show in countless places. It's the only constant I've had for the last year. I've listened to you guys in Tijuana, in Cambodia, in Korea, in Serbia, fucking everywhere. Like, since I first uh, heard the first podcast, I'm hooked. So, you know, I just want to say thanks. You guys are awesome. Topics are great. It's the funnest podcast I've ever listened to. And I've been traveling for six months, so I am baroque. But as soon as I go back to real life and have a job and, you know, all those horrible things that I've been avoiding for half a year, I, sh- I-, I swear I will go on Patreon. Because, um, yeah, anyways, thanks, guys. Um, and that's it. I'm going to keep walking down the snowy road. Uh, laters. Oh, my God. I love that. was the that. nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I think me, too. Lewis, I would love for you to call us from other places that you're traveling. Just so Where we can the feel like we're Lewis? there with you. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. That was so cool. Yeah, just check in with us once a week. Yeah, please. Please. We'll continue to play it. And like, yeah, we want to be taken on your travels. I love the the snowy street visual. Uh, keep us updated. <laughs> that was, was awesome. so much better than getting JoJo's. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> I have one more voicemail. Uh, this one is from Chad. Okay. Oh, Chad, Chad called in about our quitting the internet episode. Hey, Jen and Allie. I had just a few quick thoughts on your episode about quitting the internet. It reminded me a lot of the Bored and Brilliant Challenge from when Manoush Samarodi hosted the Note to Self podcast. She led people through a series of challenges across different days, like keeping your phone in your pocket when you take the subway, or going through a day without taking photos or deleting the most addictive app, might be interesting to some listeners. Personally, I get more value out of a principle like temptation bundling. For example, I only watch Netflix when I'm at the gym, which makes me way more motivated to get to the gym. I also enjoy Habitica. It's kind of like an RPG you play by completing tasks and habits, and you can invite friends into a group and set up challenges, So the more you complete your daily challenges, like don't use Facebook for more than 10 minutes a day, the more you level up. But if you screw up, then your character takes damage. Just a fun way to gamify doing the things that you want to do each day. So just a few quick thoughts, and as always, love the show. Keep rocking out. Brought to you by Habitica. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Chad. That was awesome. Chad, uh, we love that you are in touch. We've talked to Chad before. You know what would be crazy? I love the idea. If you could only watch Netflix at the gym, but then you want to like binge watch Stranger Things, so you run for like 10 hours. At once. That sounds really unhealthy, but <laughs> that, that would be, <laughs> That's what like, be terrible for Netflix's business model to be like, all right, we're in gyms only, but the entire country would get fit like in, in six months. Yeah. Wow. It would change the world. Get on it, Trump. <laughs> just kidding. I know. I think like, that's what Michelle Obama should have done with the like kids move thing. Just like oh, they can only yeah. watch TV if they're running. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Have like a yeah, coach right. holding the TV in front of them, make them like go outside and run and the coach is running backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. They put Chipotle's like in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Chipotle? Yeah. Mm, mm. 
anyway, those were some good tips. Yeah, those were awesome. I'm going to try this temptation bundling thing because I've tried everything else and I'm still addicted. (laughs) Wait, Jen, how's it going when you, don't you have a thing on Instagram where you can't go on for more than 20 minutes or something? Yeah, you know what? It's just a reminder that I have an addiction. I'm like, okay, thanks. And I keep looking. (laughs) But, it doesn't um, shut it down. But good the reminder. Facebook thing that I use like shuts that shit down. Nope, just gives you a notification. You have to click mm-hmm. okay. All right, and feel bad so about yourself. Let's, uh, yeah. Talk to our guest <laughs> about how uh, free choice is dead, and everything that could ever be said has already been said. And I'm actually not original at all. You guys ready? No, we got to take a break. Advertisers, Uh-oh. we got to <sighs> make the money. Patreon doesn't support this entire show. We got to. Uh, gotta... I hear that, guys. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash2g1p. <laughs> so we don't need so you... to take money from. Hashtag brands. Craigslist. <laughs> you know what? Some people have told Dot me they org. think that we're actually sponsored by like Craigslist and Amazon to read these ads. And that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. That would just be so fantastic, you know. <laughs> Amazon, if you want to sponsor us and we'll just keep doing what we're doing. We know they're listening. <laughs> I mean, someone at Amazon <laughs> is listening for sure. They got a lot of employees. <laughs> they're always listening, Allie, through your devices. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Yeah, I have this thing um, where there's like um, this person that I don't want to see, but my computer knows, and now I only get ads for this person. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, is it? Is it me? I know it's not you. I'll tell you guys off off air. <laughs> okay i like this i use uh, google has a news app that's kind of like baked into my android phone and i swipe over to it and i get all these wonderful things that i'm interested in but then it's always one thing that's like i googled this for work for like 20 minutes and now it's like in my news feed as like hey do you want to read about uh, transparent icons from the 90s god the weirdest one happened to me this morning i was at my spinning studio Mm. went into the bathroom saw that they are using a new brand of tampon (laughs) thought thought in my head just made a mental note i was like oh that's a new brand of tampon came home opened my instagram and it was the first ad that popped up i just thought about it yeah i didn't (laughs) nobody said it out loud Do you know what though, Jen? What? Mobile tracking. They know that you went to SoulCycle. To that and place. That, the tampons exactly. are there. that tampon company probably is serving ads to anyone yes. who goes to SoulCycle. Oh, yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. That's so, that's so dark. Uh, magic. <laughs> I'm going to take magic. All right. For real though, we, we need to take a break for the sponsors. Okay. And now the description and reviews for a real product entitled Beverly Micropure White Hell Jigsaw Puzzle. 1,000 piece from the website where I purchase all of my white hell, Amazon.com. Beverly Micro Pure White Hell Jigsaw Puzzle, 1,000 piece. Makes a great gift, cute and collectible. Contains 1,000 micro pieces. This puzzle is plain white. There is no border and no color. Here are some reviews. Five stars. I don't know how much longer I can go. It's been 12 weeks and I'm running low on supplies. One star. Pieces are all alike. Five stars. Satan in puzzle form. Well made. Good luck. Why would you do that to yourself? I would kill myself before doing that puzzle. It is a thousand all white pieces. So just go by the shape? That seems impossible. Yeah, do me a favor. Don't get me that for my birthday, okay? And I won't get it for you. Do we got a deal? Would you buy that for your enemy, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Matt, And look then continually out. check in on them and be like, hey, how's the puzzle going? Yeah. It's I fine. finished it last week. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, speaking of making sense out of complete utter nonsense and chaos uh let's get into our interview so we're really excited to have with us jonathan basile he is the developer of library of babel welcome jonathan thank you for having me all right let's start from the beginning how and why did you decide to create this monstrosity i sort of wish i knew myself the basis for the (laughs) website was a short story that an argentinian author jorge luis borges wrote called the library of babel which is about a group of librarians almost like a kind of species of librarians who just sort of find themselves in this endless library, which uh, they believe contains every possible permutation of letters. So every book that ever has been and every book that ever could be written. And uh, they spend their lives obsessed with the idea that it must contain 
the answer to every possible question you could ever ask. But of course, it's drowned out by endless amounts of gibberish and endless falsehoods. And so um, they're basically driven mad just searching for any kind of uh, order or reason. So it's kind of a haunting idea, which I guess is why it stuck with me. Um, and it maybe was not the best idea to try to create it myself, but that's ultimately what I ended up doing. So uh, how did you even embark on this project? It seems like it would be a, you know, a gargantuan task. Yeah, that, uh, that describes it pretty well. I, so the idea popped into my head. And at the time, I really was not uh, in any way a computer programmer. So I called up some friends who I knew had some more experience in that domain and asked them for their advice. And most of them basically said, don't do this. Why would you do this? Uh, so I, I just, uh, you know, kind of started from square one and just built smaller, you know, the smallest pieces of it and then kept adding to it till it um, ultimately uh, resembled the proportions that Borges had imagined. Yeah, most people don't try to recreate something that drove other people mad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how it's organized? I noticed it's in... Um hexagonal rooms. And I assume this is inspired by Borges, but can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of several very interesting aspects of the story. Borges goes into minute, minute detail about exactly how the library is physically designed. You have a series of hexagonal rooms. So you're basically in like a honeycomb structure that goes on forever. Um, I tried to do more and more research to figure out what exactly Borges was imagining. And the more research I did, the more I realized that it didn't actually make sense. So I just had to kind of, you know, come yeah, up with well, my I own. Yeah, well, I think he didn't imagine the internet. <laughs> well, so, he did and he didn't. Because like um, a physical building to house an infinite number of works, that doesn't add up. <laughs> but anyway, so you, so you recreated this online, and, and what was that journey? Yeah, it was uh, difficult at times, for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of broke it down into more approachable pieces. And so the first version of the website I made is something that any experienced computer programmer would kind of cringe when they hear about it. I was trying initially to just uh, generate text files um, with random text in them. And then the website was just reading from those text files and serving up that text. So right now, the website has, I think, about uh, 10 to the 4,000th or 10 to the 5,000th power uh, different pages of text on it. Um, I, I was able to make about 1 million text documents like this before uh, I had used up all the storage space on my computer. And, and just to, you know, give some sense of the impossibility of storing it all on disk, uh, 10 to the 80th is the number of atoms in the universe. Um, so 10 to the 5,000th pages would not be able to be stored on any sort of um, hard drive. So I... Uh, ultimately figured out once I put that simpler version online and, and you know, uh, got some feedback from some people with more experience in these things, uh, figured out that uh, basically you can use a pseudo random number generator to keep that feeling of randomness, but uh, actually have um, a sort of, well, I can go more into some of the technical details, but this uh, kind of algorithmic structure to uh, to the library. Sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the algorithm? I'd like to hear, I'm sure our listeners would, we might not understand it all, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so start out by imagining a page of text as a number. So there are 29 characters in the, in the library. There's uh, the lowercase letters, A through Z, space, comma, and period. You can treat a block of text as if it's a base 29 number. So, um, you know, uh, a lowercase a would be the number one, and uh, a period would be the number 28, I think, or maybe 29. Um, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> uh, but anyways, and then when as you go on, you just add digits. So AA would be 30, I think, um, and so on and so forth like that. And so basically what you're doing as you're accessing a page of text is that you're entering a URL that has um, like a location, quote unquote, in the library in the URL. Um, and that location is converted from a base 10 number into a base 29 number, which would be the page of text in the library in the library's character set. Uh, and so um, if, if you had a library just set up like that, then as you went from page one to page two to page three, you would just see the letter A and then the letter B and then the letter C, and you wouldn't have that sense of randomness or chaos. 
Um, so that's where the pseudo random number generator comes in. So uh, the input of the pseudo random number generator is that URL, that base 10 number. And the output is like the algorithm's name suggests is something that seems random. So page one and page two have no uh, relationship that the average human is going to be able to identify at a glance. So as you go from one page to the next, it keeps seeming random, but it's a invertible algorithm. Uh, so you can go from any output to a unique input. And that's how the search function in the library works. So you can also search for any possible text, including, you know, uh, this conversation that we're having right now. And you can find where that is in the library or, you know, the URL where that uh, page has always been. Oh, my God. So <laughs> how do people even go? How should people go about navigating this or approaching it? Does it depend on what they're looking for? How do you recommend approaching the site since it is so overwhelming? Yeah, it's like we were discussing before. My goal was not to drive people mad, but um, the so a lot of the initial reactions that people have do seem to... Uh, you know, kind of fall into those categories that Borges was imagining his librarians would be kind of suffering uh, in their universe. So a lot of people who approach it, their first reaction is either, uh, how can I get rid of all the texts that don't make any sense? And there's actually, so the characters in Borges' story kind of fall into these like religious sects. So um, there's uh, these people called the purifiers who want to find books that don't make any sense and like burn them or just throw them and let them fall to oblivion. Um, and of course, that is meaningless and pointless work because there's such an incredible number of texts that eliminating a few uh, just makes no difference whatsoever. Um, and, you know, any amount of action that can happen on a human time scale is meaningless uh, in relationship to this number of things. So, um, so but uh, still, um, you know, probably like one out of every three responses I get to the library is, can we eliminate the meaningless text so we can find the really meaningful ones? Um, and similarly, this, this human need to create mm -hmm. order from disorder is yeah. so powerful that it just, I'm not shocked by that, but you mm -hmm. also kind of just blew my mind there. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think it really speaks to, um, how kind of powerful and also sort of like philosophical, uh, Borges imagination was that he really yeah. saw exactly that, that, you know, that, effort to find and discover and form patterns and meaning would be uh, exactly what uh, people would want to do in the face of this kind of overwhelming chaos, which, you know, and I think this is kind of what was motivating his story, which is really the world we live in, no matter how you think of it. Um, and uh, the other reaction is, uh, so people wanted to find books that they called the justifications, which would be books that would describe the life story of, of you, um, but would describe you kind of becoming a sort of messiah figure. And that would uh, involve you finding the, uh, the book that would be the complete catalog of the library. Um, so for, for my library, that would be the, basically the algorithm. Um, the algorithm for my website is going to be described somewhere in the library itself. Um, and if you can find that catalog of the library, then you would know where all the answers to all life's questions are. Uh, and, and you would be like a god. You would have this kind of absolute knowledge. And so uh, people uh, were either searching for that book or searching for the, the man of the book, as he's called, uh, who's already found that book. Um, and that, uh, so you know, people don't have quite that uh, religious tone uh, in the forum on librarybabble.info, but they still have the sense of, you know, maybe we could write another algorithm on top of this one that would find all of the meaningful things we're searching for. Um, and it, again, it's very similar to what Borges imagined and to just that need to find patterns. So what has the internet's reaction been? Or what are some other reactions? I would say generous. I mean, I, you know, uh, when I was working on this uh, alone as a fan of uh, somewhat obscure literature, uh, was not expecting anyone else to care that there was a, a massive repository of random text on the internet. But uh, people have really taken to the thing that really intrigues me about it, which is um, how it kind of transforms your relationship to language, how it makes you think differently. I think uh, sort of the kind of average everyday uh, thinking of language or experience of language that we have is that the intentions that we have, which somehow pre-exist the words we're using, uh, sort of animate those words with meaning. And, uh, you know, that's what communication is. There's these intentions in my head 
you know, sort of using the words as a medium enter your head. But the thing that the library shows you is that all of this language is possible without anything like an intention behind it. Um, and that can be a little unsettling. It can be weird. It can even be, you know, liberating and playful in a lot of ways. <laughs> I want to embrace the liberating and playful because I feel pretty freaked out right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm on the freaked out side. <laughs> um, can, uh, tell us, what is the Anglishize? Is that what it's called? Function mm -hmm. on the website? What is that? Uh, so uh, the idea there is just that it will search through um, individual pages of text and find anything that matches an English word. It uses a pretty um, expansive dictionary, so a lot of the things it finds um, are not words I was familiar with. But, um, you know, just one, one of several possible ways of kind of cutting through the formlessness to find something resembling familiarity. Um, you can find uh, English words on these pages, and some people have uh, use that to sort of uh, compose, you know, kind of like poems of all the words that they could find on a given page. H how do you personally like to cut through the formlessness? Like, do you have any any ways of looking at it that's been helpful to you? I think um, I think I found. Well, uh, I'll say two things. One is that I do find it oddly um, sort of. I don't know what the word would be. Maybe charming to listen to screen readers uh, read the pages. <laughs> um, uh, it's interesting to see, you know, uh, what they try to make into words and what they don't. Um, and the, just the kind of fluidness with which they approach the random letters, uh, is uh, peaceful in a way. Um, for me though, I, I think kind of taking a meditative approach, uh, is the most useful. Like you were saying, um, it really, uh, switches on the pattern searching, uh, part of your brain. And so I think, uh, if you can recognize that, recognize that that is not going to get you very far and then start to kind of try to calm and quiet down the pattern searching part of your brain and just encounter things in a different way. I think that's going to be the most fruitful way for me, at least. So what are some of the other uses? So you've talked a lot about it being almost meditative. I know on your mm -hmm. website, you also say people can use it to you know, combat writer's block, what other uses have you seen for this database? Yeah, so some, you know, some I think are going to be more fruitful than others. One person uh, posted in the forums that they, it sounded like they had been spending a significant amount of time uh, every night typing in the cure for cancer is and then searching and seeing what would come after that phrase and seeing if it, if they could find a cure for cancer that way. Um, which is certainly a possible use for it. Um, but I think, you know, something more kind of productive um, would be yeah, like, you know, uh, taking the way in which it randomly juxtaposes things to sort of um, give you some unexpected inspiration, which probably will not be, you know, scientific inspiration, but, you know, may very well be more sort of poetic inspiration, the way that, you know, uh, surrealists would just open the dictionary at random and find a word and use that to, uh, you know, kind of um, form links in, yeah. in their work. We looked up Two Girls, One Podcast, and it said we were coprophiliacs, which are people with a marked interest in excrement. So we're definitely going to go in that direction. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that it's, uh, I'm glad that it's been so productive for, for you. That. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, wasn't, uh, absolutely. I wasn't sure that I wanted to personally play with shit, but now I know that <laughs> now I do. Now you know. Um, there you go. Because it's, it's in there. So We were joking about that at the top of the show, and I'm so bothered by the cancer searcher because <laughs> the, the library literally will say the, the cure for cancer is everything like the yes. cure for cancer is bananas yeah. the cure for cancer is mm -hmm. lamp. right like so like, well it might be is... bananas and lamp matthew we be... spoke to that conspiracy theorist <laughs> who said it was like soda that's right soda water Seltzer. So... It's, it's in there that's true uh yeah that's such a weird it's like a human looking at infinity and saying like i got this I got this, guys. Like, oh, I mean, that's so like, weird. what's more yeah. human? What's more human? It's than totally that? human, and it's infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna start playing with poop on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad more that that will be. But that's the legacy of the library. Like, finding a random string of text that inspires art or something creative, mm -hmm. totally get it. Cool, but trying to find a scientific truth. That's totally the opposite of what this is, I guess. Yeah, although I guess the idea is that like maybe it'll generate something you hadn't thought of yet that you can then research and look further into. Sure. But yeah, it'll suggest that anything is the cure to cancer. <laughs> Should we look up cancer in lamp right now? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's see what we find. 
Who's doing it? Am I doing it? Is someone else doing oh, it? Oh, I thought you were I doing wish. it. <laughs> I could do it, but I, but I, I like have while it you're while you're searching. I, I guess there's like two there's two ways fundamental ways to approach it. One is to search for a specific thing, and the other mm -hmm. is just wander through the nonsense and and yeah. hope to come across something that is intelligible or like you said, an English phrase. Yeah, definitely, and that's I think that's more kind of what I uh, tend to do is just open pages at random and uh, just sort of you know look at them as objects almost um and uh yeah no, well i will say with as far as like scientific inspiration goes that there's lots of you know interesting ways in which it can resemble artistic inspiration where you know people get stuck in certain ruts of approaching a problem and thinking of a problem and sometimes it is something very i think uh the famous example is i think it was niels bohr who um came up with the structure of the atom after dreaming of a snake biting its own tail these sorts mm -hmm. of you know uh things that can just kind of, you know, take you by surprise and lead you to think of something you hadn't thought of before. Well, guys, the cure to cancer is lamp. Uh, okay, nice. Anyway, <laughs> so what are some crazy, uh, like, emails and stuff that you've gotten from mm. people uh, about things that they've discovered in there? There, There's definitely been a lot of responses. Shortly after the website went live, I remember two really stuck with me. One was someone who um, had been looking through the pages to see if there was a difference in the frequency with which different religious figures' names appeared. Um, and, you know, he was kind of, I think, disturbed by the fact that Jesus and Satan appeared exactly the same number of times, <laughs> which, of course, those strings are the same length, so you can, you know, just probabilistically prove that, that they would appear. But that was um, concerning for him. There was someone else who wrote to me shortly after it went live and said that um, they were they had kind of like lost any sense of meaning in life as a result of the website, which I definitely oh didn't want. Yeah. I, yeah, I felt bad about goal. that one. <laughs> um, but what did you, you know, write back? Yeah. What did you write back to that? <laughs> you okay. know, I, I don't, Oops. I was kind of, yeah, pretty much. I, I didn't know what else I could say. I, I think I just sort of encouraged them to feel like, you know, um, gave them a number to a hotline. <laughs> just want them to feel like you know it's not uh it's not the end of the world uh there are there are still reasons to try to do things like speak um but i, I don't know <laughs> if i got through to them <laughs> matt suggested that i i should print out some of the um kind of sort of typical responses i get um so i i have Great. one here um this is uh, from someone named Christian, how to use it, everything in different languages like, and then there's just a line of text. Uh, this make no sense. Help me how to read it and how to use it. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty standard. Uh, okay. I get a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people are concerned about whether or not uh, the website is fake in some way, um, which I'm not even necessarily sure what it would mean for it to be fake, but uh, right. this is what, someone named Rebel wrote, the word poop alone is page 248 in volume three of shelf one of wall one with hexagon and they give the name of the hexagon it's in. And if you navigate there, it shows other text, question mark. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Question mark. Okay, so we're going back to coprophiliacs. Got it. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. And then uh, this is one of the, the sort of, um, you know, uh, catalog finding the catalog the universal catalog of the library so someone wrote wouldn't the catalog of catalogs that the librarians in the original story are in search of actually be the algorithm that runs this very website which due to the nature of the library itself there must be a book printed that both contains and explains in the reader's native language how to use such an algorithm and in turn does that not make jonathan basile the god that they are also in search of huh. Mm -hmm. How did you respond to that one? <laughs> uh, I, I think I, you know, just let that one stand. But I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, definitely not going to answer that one in the affirmative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but just from a technical perspective, but you might be God. We're not that's, sure. That's what uh, well, <laughs> depends on what you mean God by God of the library. Of the library. So there's that. Yeah. But, but speaking um, technically, no if comment. you were to. <laughs> like the algorithm is written in code and if you were mm -hmm. to copy that and paste it into the search engine of the library mm -hmm. does it exist or is it more than 3200 characters uh well it would have to uh a lot of you know the like the brackets and stuff that are in code wouldn't so you would mm -hmm. have to write out like bracket uh okay. where where a bracket appear but you could certainly find any number of ways to translate it into you know the description i gave uh in this conversation would absolutely be in there Me meaning even if you had to write out uh the um what do you call it the syntax um mm -hmm. it would still fit within the pages of the 
Uh, well, yeah, books. you know, it, even if it didn't fit in one page, you know, you could break right. it up into pages. Um, right. Ultimately, it would be in there in one form or another. Okay. Jonathan, this seems kind of uh, self-explanatory, but why did you choose uh, the comma, the space, and the period, mm-hmm. and, and no other non-letters? <laughs> uh, that was something that uh, Borges mentions, or the narrator of the story mentions in Borges' story. Um, so it's this is one of the really weird things about the story. So the narrator says that there are 25 characters in the library the and he says the 22 lowercase letters space comma and period um and it's never clear in any way which 22 characters the 22 characters are um and so that was something that i spent a lot of time uh and research reading other works of borges trying to figure out there are probably a number of reasons why he went with that number there are 22 letters in the hebrew alphabet but if you try to figure out in uh, Spanish alphabet which 22 letters Borges might have been thinking of, you just find, again, this kind of rabbit hole where nothing makes any sense. And I think part of the whole uh, idea of the story is that uh, there's actually something sort of um, subversively creative about language that no matter what character set you try to use to encompass all possible expression, you can always find other ways of using language to signify things. So there are all these characters and marks, you know, diacritical marks and things like that, that show up in Borges story that shouldn't be there in the library. Um, And I think that's his kind of subtle way of hinting at the fact that no character set actually exhausts the possibilities of meaning. Wow. <laughs> so like this emoticons. Absolutely. Super emojis supersede the library. Emojis beat the library because they're not included. Yeah. I don't know if that means they won. They win. Emojis win. <laughs> so what else so, have people like sent you that they have found? Because I saw that some people hmm. on Reddit found passages of Shakespeare, someone oh, and, sure. and like this yeah. What what have people sent you that they found? Definitely I searching find it for so crazy that like whole passages are there because it's just so random. Totally, yeah. Uh all yeah, every possible um so searching for classics and even for the Bible is something that people uh, tend to enjoy doing a lot. Um, Something that a lot of people have done is to look for uh, either things that they just wrote or, you know, like the first poem they ever wrote in their life, you know, this kind of, and you can see why it's this thing that seems to be, you know, most intimate to them to most come from themselves and out of that, you know, internal place that I was talking about before the intentions that we imagine to be existing behind language. But nonetheless, it's there in the library also. I, I, I find it so fascinating that what you just said, I like, oh, I can't believe that whole passage of like the odds of a whole passage mm-hmm. of Shakespeare beer being in there. Well, the odds of, you know, poop butt being in there are equal to the odds of Hamlet being in there. Like they're mm-hmm. identical. Yeah, no, it's but everything. I just mean like there's the randomness of a single word and then there's a the randomness of two words strung together, but the randomness to get a thousand words strung together correctly is so insane. Right. To me. But you if know what you I mean? have, if you have everything and it's infinite mm-hmm. or, you know, philos- theoretically infinite, um, then, then you have, you do have it. It, it. You have it by nature of infinity i guess you know yeah i mean i understand logically that you have it but still crazy (laughs) there wouldn't be interruptions in the text with like oh another random fucking word you know what i mean there are there 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 definitely are there Mm -hmm. are like there's hamlet with poop in the middle and sometimes there's also hamlet without poop yes it's all things i think it was predictive because we already are coprophiliacs so like the library (laughs) knew I it very well could be. Anyway, so what what else are your what are your other goals with the library? You know, I didn't even know what my goals were to begin with. Um, <laughs> it's certainly already surpassed any expectations I had for it. Uh, you know, I, I guess I would say that um, for me, like I was saying, I came to this more from a kind of um, literary studies background than a computer programming background. So I think uh, for me, that's more what it is. It's another way to think about and, you know, kind of interact with uh, literature and philosophy and to think about themes of the story like the nature of language um, to experiment with those a bit more. Um, One thing that I did do uh, after I created the text library was to create an image version of it. So it has a very similar algorithm that uh, can produce or you can find any possible um, it's about 600 by 400 pixels and uh, 4,096 colors of every possible image in those parameters. So it's like something like 10 to the millionth power. So uh, if you stare images. for a million hours, you will see Mona Lisa. Uh, it would be a little longer than that. But yeah, and also, okay. you know, just like look around <laughs> you right now, everything you're seeing right now is in 
in that image archive, including, you know, what you see in the mirror. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, is he, what is this? Why? I, I assure you that I'm suffering too. I, whatever it causes. <laughs> what do you do for money? Uh, I'm a graduate student right now, so nothing. Okay, cool. Um, I, uh, I, I get, you know, I get a stipend as a, a graduate student. I'm a PhD student uh, in comparative literature, um, but it's, you know, not a profession one goes into for the money. I mean, you're talking to a bunch of artists, so yeah. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah, you get it. You get it. What are you, what do you think about the, uh, how do you, uh, the philosophical nature behind all of this? Like, mm -hmm. is it possible for us to have an original thought? What does that mean to even be original? Are we just accessing ideas that are already existing? <laughs> what do you think? For sure. I think, you know, the way to kind of put it into a phrase, I would say the library is kind of about the deconstruction of the difference between invention and discovery. So, uh, you know, we have that sense of when we're coming up with a thought, when we're speaking or writing, um, and when we're doing things like, uh, you know, science or art, uh, that we're creating something original and something that comes from this sort of point of inspiration and freedom in ourselves. Uh, and there's a weird kind of humor to a lot of Borges' writings and everything that happens in the universe of his short story that seems kind of funny and weird and bizarre to us is because these things that we think of as, uh, you know, these spontaneous acts of creation that we do, uh, the librarians spend all their time uh, searching for these things as though they exist already. And they're just searching through pages to find them. Um, and, and there's a very real way in which that's true um but there's um there's also and we would have to get like real real deep into the weeds uh philosophically uh to kind of show Let's exactly how this okay <laughs> uh there's also a way in which um nothing nothing is ever the same as itself you could say and so in that sense uh everything is constantly differing from itself and constantly new in a certain way like we were saying before with emojis there's something unanticipatable about all of the kind of characters we have and the ways we can use them once once we discover them though they can they can be permuted too so there's everything is permutable in this way that we're seeing uh, with, you know, not just text, but with things like vision also that you see with the uh, image archives. Um, everything is permutable. Nonetheless, there's a way in which um, it seems like it doesn't quite saturate uh, what can be. So I'm curious what you think about if the ideas are already existing and in the story, the, libraries are, the librarians are searching for these ideas. Uh, wouldn't it really, though, take uh, the idea to be spoken or action to be taken in the world, like by a human on the idea for it to have any meaning? Like, if you're searching for ideas mm. that are out there, but you don't know how to apply them or how to give it meaning, like you could just skip over it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like maybe lamp is the cure for cancer, but like we just, you would need mm -hmm. to have the exact right person who's been doing that research at the right time in who's order been to doing some serious lamp out. research. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I'll, I'll add a, a follow-up question. This is actually from our Discord server. We let our listeners know that you'd be on the show, Jonathan, and they had some mm -hmm. uh, questions. We, we've covered a lot of the ground, actually, that they're posing, but um, almost surely in our Discord server asks a similar question, uh, which is phrased, does it count? Meaning, mm -hmm. um, just because an algorithm could generate something... Mm -hmm. uh, for anything, any given text, does that mean it has generated everything? And, and, and it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to parse that question, but just saying, does it count or does it matter just because it could happen is, mm -hmm. is really a good way to ask it uh, philosophically. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say I'm pretty agnostic on that question uh, as far as like uh, whether the library or the text in the library exists. Um, you know, I, I'm as a God would be. <laughs> <laughs> right does god believe in typical god him or herself like, god, god what's going on with these universe i don't know figure it out <laughs> damn it uh but um i i will say that it's you know it's very transparent the the code uh kind of an example of the algorithm is online and i you know uh try to uh explain in more layman's terms also on the website how it works and that's all very transparent so you know people can decide for themselves what they think of as far as whether it exists or not but i would say that for me i mean the point of the project is to uh kind of change or challenge what we think of as the difference between being and non-being or presence and absence 
and uh, and you know just the alphabet uh, is that kind of permutational set that the the library is working with also. Um, but uh, you know obviously given the way in which people have you know kind of um, gotten immersed in the project and uh, engaged with language in ways that they wouldn't have otherwise because of the existence of the library, it's clear that there's something different, at least in kind of an affective emotional level uh, there. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's uh, like I say, it's not about, um, you know, uh, proving that everything has been created. And I, I certainly wouldn't say that, you know, uh, something exists now that didn't before. It's not as if before the website existed, uh, every page of text hadn't been written and now they have. Uh, it's more about seeing how this kind of permutability is something that resides in the essence of language and is unavoidable. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. need to go listen to this podcast 12 times to digest this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a question from our Discord server that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. It's from Rudism. It says, so if the library contains every written work ever to be or have been produced, does that mean copyright holders can mm. sue you for plagiarism or do you get to sue everyone else because the library already contained their work before they wrote it? I think this is, a, again, a really interesting question. And again, it's, it's something that, you know, it shows that the library is challenging our ordinary expectations of language and of creation and creativity. So we normally have the sense that what we're creating is original to us. It originates with us. And, uh, and therefore, you know, we've developed this whole legal system that says that we own the things that we create. Um, and the library really seems to kind of throw a monkey wrench in, you know, not just the kind of like conceptual, abstract, theoretical apparatus of that, but also in certain ways, uh, in, you know, the kind of practical, legal, very everyday apparatus that we have to, you know, kind of recognize and confirm that something originated with someone. Um, so, you know, you could see how someone could, if you were, you know, like sharing a text that was copyrighted and the, um, author or their press asked you to take it down, you could just switch to sharing a link to the text in the Library of Babel if you wanted to. Um, and oh. uh, <laughs> okay. uh, to my knowledge, that uh, hasn't happened yet. It you know, wouldn't be the smoothest reading experience, but um, <laughs> it would be possible. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, I, uh, there's certainly a lot of leeway also written into um, our legal system for kind of uh, artistic um, and kind of parodic uh, forms of appropriation. Um, I, I can say that I have not been sued yet, nor have I sued anyone, but uh, it doesn't mean that no one will try. Best of the luck to you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. The next Game of Thrones and the next Harry Potter books are in there, Oh, they're guys. already there. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Search. But like consecutively, do you think the whole story is there? Like there's a whole Game of Thrones script just waiting for the, the book, really? <laughs> no, in uh, 3,200 character mm -hmm. uh, snippets, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Now that we are thoroughly confused and enlightened at the same time, <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure for me, too. Thank you for writing this podcast before we had to do it. <laughs> it yeah. was really convenient to have a script, right? <laughs> it saves us a lot <laughs> of work. It was so good. I mean, Absolutely. it was a little weird today the way I was just kind of reading what I was going to say, but it was it worked. It sounded totally natural. Thank you. Thank you. I've had some practice with scripts, so there was that, too. But um, okay. it definitely was weird, like, like reading what I was gonna say as I was saying it. Mm -hmm. It was also like the text knew that I hadn't really slept well last night. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, thank Everything's you. Thank you, God, for joining us. I don't know who you're talking to. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> well, that was fucking confusing. <laughs> what a sweet yet terrifying man. He's so soft-spoken, but he holds so much What's power. What's wrong with his brain? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's broken, just like he broke ours. Like he broke. He's breaking brains out there. He's breaking brains. He's a brain breaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I want that to be my LinkedIn title. Brain breaker. Brain breaker. You need a theme song. Brain breaker. Brain breaker. None of that was good. As we devolve into meaninglessness, <laughs> just like the website. Uh, well. You know, being versus non-being, meaning versus non-meaning. <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> uh
I don't know. I mean, something great, that was... Great, Jen. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I do want to look up transcripts now of the podcast, but I want to look up long passages and see how that goes. But we should also look up one of the Craigslist ads, like one of the really weird ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess like even if it is there, why why do we even need to look it up? So I get it. You like don't. The, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's there. It's definitely there. You don't, it, yeah. Like at some point it does become meaningless. So I like, need we, to look it up. Well, you need to see it to believe it. <laughs> it's weird. Like I spent a long time looking shit up last night and it does feel like what you were saying, like this weird horoscope. It feels, it feels weird and religious that like your name is out there with these other words. Yeah. So many religious undertones. <laughs> but Matt, can you ask, Be I should have asked this. This is a very simplistic question. Can you explain, because it seems that you understand it, the 3200, what, what is that? It's based on 3200 character? No, what, what is it? I don't know all the details, but... Um, I don't technically know what the fuck I'm I talking about. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about. The 3200 character limit is just a, it's an arbitrary limitation because you could compute forever. So you could compute 5 million characters long and all the same stuff would be there. It would just be there in larger chunks. So that's actually a good way to frame it. It's like, it's the size of the chunks or maybe to use the library analogy, it's the size of the book. So it's Got computationally it. saying... Every book in this library has 50 pages. It has every combination of characters that ever existed, but within each volume, it can only be 50 pages long. So Hamlet's long, not Hamlet's longer than 50 pages, but I don't know, Tolstoy is longer than 50 pages. So if we're going to find Tolstoy, Tolstoy is going to be spread out between three books or five books. If the computation was 3,000 pages per book, then yes, you could fit Tolstoy in the one book. Um, It's an arbitrary... um, uh, restriction on the size of a single volume, I guess, is a, is one way. I to guess I'm a little it. confused why he even has volumes since it's on the internet and it could just be a string of indefinite characters. But because in order to access it, you could access a page that is infinite, which would like make your computer explode, or you could access a page that's 3,200 characters long. So yes, the infinite is technically possible, but it is not accessible to a user. But you, but you could sense? still break it down by page, right? So you could be like, there's this infinite number of characters going on and you just search pages. Yes, that's exactly what Like it's weird to it, me that it's bound in, no, it's a, but like, that is what it's li- doing. Limited number of pages. That's what it's doing. That what you just described is exactly what it Math. is. It has to display Math. on a computer screen, and if it's infinite, it can't be displayed. It has to be. Cu- <laughs> cut off. Oh my god! I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> I want you guys to know that I looked up one of our ads. This isn't an ad that we actually did. We decided not to because I don't know. It was about Trump and stuff. We decided not to do it. But there's this one sentence that goes. Brace yourself, bad hombres. The most famous wig in all the land is going on tour. And according to President Trump's latest executive order, you're all legally mandated to come with. I think it was an Amazon ad for a Trump wig or something. <laughs> and that and is in the text. It? Wow. Yeah, that's in the text. Brace yourself, bad find. hombres. The whole thing is there. This is creepy. Uh. I don't like it. i'm i'm thinking about i mean i'm sure you're thinking about a lot of things too i guess i don't i don't know if this is going to make sense but i'm just going to say it i don't know there's a feeling of meaninglessness about this that you know it's it's mostly gibberish but there is meaning within it should we even try to make that meaning and it's just so overwhelming but it's like I don't. I don't exactly know what my thought is. Maybe what I'm thinking here is like I it's okay. I don't think we should try to find meaning in it. It's just the idea that like mathematically, eventually, it's possible to generate these passes. But we should like maybe the greatest thinkers of all time actually are able to sort of process this chaos a little bit better. Like just sit with it more and and still like be trying to make meaning, but also like be okay with the meaninglessness of most of it or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, because it's like, how do you sift through all this and land on something that actually has meaning? Like, without you telling me that that's a Craigslist post that we that we saw somewhere, if I came across that, I wouldn't care. But like, the things need context, and then they have meaning. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't care coming across it just by itself in the database. I'd be like, whoa, they're writing about Trump and bad hombres and his wig and all this stuff and the executive orders in this random text. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, listeners, um, if you are into coprophilia, tweet at us. I'm at <laughs> Allie Gold. Well, I'm not into coprophilia, but I'm at June Bugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. 
if you'd like to email us in gibberish or real language, that's uh, 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Why bother? All your emails are already in the library. Who cares? Well, yeah, just- okay. Send us an email and then we'll search the library for your email <laughs> and see if it already exists. It does. It, yeah. Spoiler we'll alert. Anyway. <laughs> we will look and we will let you know. We'll send you the link. Yeah. You can also call us. We love to hear your voicemails, uh, your voices. Uh, we had some awesome voicemails on today's show. So that number is... 347-871-6548. Three, four, that number again, 347-871-6548. And finally, if you want to join uh, our online chat, you can come to our Discord server. That's discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can come suggest show topics, ask questions for upcoming shows, um, and we'll be present to them. And Allie, if they want to contribute to this show, what can they do? They can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P. Cool. All right, guys. Good luck out there. Uh, we wish you the best with uh, the Library of Babel. We're sorry <laughs> for breaking your brains. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Brain break us. Brain break us. Podglomerate, a sonic universe.